If you'd like to grab a seat now, we'll, uh, you can continue these great conversations uh, after the service. Uh, so glad to see so much buzz, people uh, communicating, talking to one another, catching up. Just encourage you, um, when the service is over, keep doing that. Engage one another, ask about each other's lives, encourage each other, meet someone that's new. Um, it's a great way to just let the gospel shape our community. Um, so my name's uh, Michael McKittrick. If you weren't here last week, uh, my family were moving to join the Vine family uh, to be a church plant resident here uh, for the next several years. And so uh, my wife, Heather, and I've got two little girls, four-year-old Eliza and a one-and-a-half-year-old Gloria with a third child on the way. We're just super excited to be part of the Vine family. And uh, this week, I get the pleasure of serving you guys by preaching God's word. So uh, Scott and Zach just kind of threw me in right away to the preaching rotation with Zach on sabbatical, but I'm glad to do it. I love God's word, and I just love worshiping with God's people. Um, it's a great time of worship this morning, and look forward to God continuing to speak to us through his word and as we celebrate communion together. Um, so I've been really enjoying the series in Proverbs that we're going to keep continuing in this morning, because Proverbs is just such a helpful book, right? I mean, just practical, it's hands-on, it helps us think about how to live life well in God's world. And that's really kind of my definition of wisdom, is how to live life well in God's world. Uh, and it's different than knowledge, right? Knowledge is knowing something, wisdom is knowing something and putting that into action in life, right? So... Wisdom is so helpful, and, and we need it because we all know, right, that life is sometimes hard, right? It's, it's hard to navigate sometimes. Sometimes you're stuck, and you're not sure what's the right way forward. And I'm not even just talking about big picture life, like trying to get all the way to the end, but even sometimes it can feel like just making it through to the end of the day is hard enough, right? You with me? And so we need wisdom. We need, we need, we need help. What we really need is not just try harder, buck up, you know, be more humble, you know, watch your words more. You know, what we really need is help. What we really need is a guide to walk with us through the path of life to tell us this is the right way. This is good. Stay away from this. Here's a nice scenic view along the way to encourage you and keep you going along the hard journey. We, we need a guide to help us live well. And there are a lot of voices that call out and say, listen to me. I can be your guide. I can be the driving thing that drives your life. But in, in the middle of all of those voices, one voice we're going to listen to this morning from the book of Proverbs chapter 8 is the voice of wisdom. And wisdom cries out and says, listen to me. And really, this morning, chapter 8, we're going to see that wisdom, so to speak, puts forward its resume. This is why you should hire me to be the guide of your life. This is why you should listen to me. And I think it's important we stop and do this even a couple weeks into our Proverbs series. Because if you, if you miss this, the, the fact of why it's good to listen to wisdom, if you're just trying to listen to what wisdom says, when what wisdom says gets hard, you might be tempted to give up. So we want to be reminded why. Why is it worth it to listen to wisdom? Why is wisdom the best guide? Why is wisdom worth listening to even when sometimes what wisdom says is hard? Right? That's what we want to listen to. And what we're going to see this morning is that wisdom says if you want to find life and favor from God, you must listen and live according to wisdom. If you want to find life and favor from God, you must listen and live according to wisdom. 
So let me pray, and then we'll read Proverbs 8. It's a longer chapter, but we're going to listen, and then we're going to explore wisdom's call to us, all right? Let me pray. Father, thank you so much that you love us enough to be a speaking God, a God that does not just leave us alone, but comes to us, speaks to us, instructs us. And so I pray that this morning we would be marked as a people who listen, who aren't so full of pride that we can't humble ourselves and take your instruction. And so I pray this morning that you would help me to speak your words and only your words, and that you would help all of us to listen, to hear, to obey. Pray this in your name. Amen. I will listen as I read from Proverbs 8. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroad, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portal, she cries aloud, To you, O men, I call, and my cries to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right, for my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold for wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule and nobles, all who govern justly. I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring wealth and righteousness My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, in the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up, at the first before the beginning of the earth, When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the mountains of the deep, When he assigned the sea its limit so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. 
For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. This is God's word. So here, the beginning of the chapter, we see in verse one right away, does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? And we've got wisdom here pictured as a woman calling out. And it's not the only voice calling out in the book of Proverbs. There's many other voices that, that call out. And the father warns the, the son in this book about these other voices. But he says, in the midst of all those other voices calling out, wisdom, verse one again, wisdom calls out. In the midst of all the other voices, wisdom calls out and says, listen to me. And what I love is that wisdom is not calling out from some back alley, right? Wisdom is not like hiding in some like secret room that like you need a secret path password and like you need to know the right people to get to wisdom, right? Wisdom is not hiding. Wisdom is out in the open. We see in in verses two to three that wisdom calls out on the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, beside the gates of the town. Wisdom is in all these public places where people are, right? The roads, the crossroads, where people do business and travel, and at the town gates, right? Which the town gates in Israel were the place of of business and politics even. And you see this actually in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 23, where when it talks about this amazing wife, it says in verse um, 23, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. See that the gates are this prominent place. And so here is wisdom calling out, calling out all over the place. And wisdom is not hard to find. Right? Wisdom is, is calling out, is going everywhere, saying, listen to me. And so one of the things is that means the problem is not in finding wisdom. The problem is not how do I find wisdom. The problem is, will you listen? Because wisdom is calling out everywhere. And not only that, but in verses 4 and 5, we see that wisdom calls to everyone. To you, O men, I call, and my cries to the children of man. It, don't think of this as gender specific, you know, males. This is just man as in humans. You see that with the phrase children of man. To every human being, I call out, says wisdom. It doesn't matter whether you're old or young, rich or poor, smart or not as smart, athletic or not athletic. It doesn't matter. Wisdom calls to everyone. Even in verse 5, wisdom calls to simple ones and fools. I love that. It's not a matter of being smart enough to listen to wisdom. You don't have to have great intellect. You just have to have a humble, obedient heart. A heart that's willing to listen to wisdom, right? So you, you can be a fool right now. Just don't be a greater fool by not listening to wisdom, right? Listen to wisdom, because wisdom's calling to everyone. And, and the, like I said, this is a matter of obedience, not intellect. I love what St. Gregory the Great one said. He says, not to know is only ignorance. To refuse to learn is pride. That's what wisdom's saying. You, you don't have the excuse anymore of not knowing, because I'm calling out to everyone everywhere. Now, if you're not listening, it's because of pride. You're not willing to listen. And that's why pride, talking about last week, it was so important to have a humble heart. A humble heart listens, right? We need to listen. We we can't say we didn't hear. 
You can't be like, uh, like those kids, you know, if, you're, if you have them or if you've seen them, you know, and they're, they're about to go do something they're not supposed to. And the adult reminds them and says, now don't touch that. And they go and touch it. And then you ask them, why did you do that? I, I didn't hear. Really? Did you really not hear? Or did you not want to hear, right? You know what I'm talking about? And it's the same here. Wisdom saying, you can't say, well, I didn't hear. No, I'm calling out everywhere to everyone. If you're not hearing, it's because you don't want to. And that's the problem. So wisdom says, listen, listen to me. But you might say, well, why should I listen to wisdom? I mean, why is wisdom a better guide? So wisdom says, I'm going to give you two main qualifications that make me a better guide to listen to. The first is wisdom says, I have trustworthy character. You can trust me. I'm a good guide. Now, if I'm going to hire someone, or you're going to hire someone, right, to take you through a tour of a city or to go through on a, a hike, you want them to know what they're doing, but you also want to just be able to trust them, right? That you, don't, you won't just give them their money and they'll leave you in the middle of the bush and take off on you, right? You want a trustworthy guide. Frodo and Sam learned the lesson of this in Lord of the Rings, right? So if you remember, there's two hobbits. They're charged with bringing the ring into the evil land of Mordor where Sauron rules, and to go all the way to Mount Doom and throw the ring in. The problem is it's kind of hard to get in to Mordor, but they find a guide, Gollum. There's only one tiny, itsy-bitsy little problem with Gollum as their guide. He wants to kill them and steal the ring, which Frodo acknowledges is a little bit of a problem, but they really need him. Sam, his friend, though, sees a little bit otherwise. You know, I'm not going to sleep if he's not sleeping because I don't trust him at all. And Sam has proven right, because in the end, Gollum abandons Frodo in a spider's lair, which as someone who is terribly afraid of giant spiders, that's like so creepy, right? And so he just abandons him there. He wasn't a good guide. He knew the way in, but he couldn't be trusted. And wisdom says, I'm not like that. You can trust me. I'm trustworthy. So in verses six to eight, wisdom says things like, I will speak noble things. From my lips come what is right. My mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There's nothing twisted or crooked in them. Do you see how wisdom is just piling on all these word pictures saying the same exact thing? I speak what's true, what's right, what's good. I don't speak anything that's evil or crooked or twisted. And I love that image of crooked or twisted. Uh, C.S. Lewis uses that image in his book, Perilandra, where Ransom goes to Venus. And then when he lands there, his job is to stop this bad guy from taking the first couple that lives there and lead them into evil and disobedience. And so Ransom's trying to warn them about this evil man, but since they don't know evil, the word means nothing to them. And so he's trying to find a word to convey evil, and he says, he's bent. He's bent. He's not straight. There's something bent and broken in him. He's twisted. And that's evil, right? It doesn't lead you straight along the path. It twists off and breaks off and leads you into bad places. And wisdom says, I'm not like that. My words are good words. They're true words. They're straight words that will walk you through all the dangers of life. And wisdom says, now you might think, well, what happens if I listen to some of your words and I don't think they're true and good and straight? So wisdom says in verse 9, they are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. 
was him saying, if you don't think my words are good and true, the problem is not with me or my words. The problem is you. My words are true and right to the one who understands. You might not be understanding rightly. And the reason why wisdom can claim this so clearly and so like absolutely is that wisdom is in line with the only person who can define what true and right is, the God who made everything. So for example, look at verse 13. Wisdom says this, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. So wisdom saying, fear of the Lord is hatred of evil and I hate evil. That means I fear the Lord. That means I'm lining up with him. Wisdom is in line with God's character. It fears the Lord and hates evil. And those two things are connected. So it's important to say, well, what is fear of the Lord, right? And we've talked about this a couple times, but just to say it again, fear of the Lord is not this cringing fear that makes you hide in the corner wondering if someone's going to get you. That's not fear of the Lord. One of the ways I like to think about fear of the Lord is by thinking about what fear of man means, right? So fear of man, it's the idea that you are worried and care so much about what people think that you'll act in ways that you think will please them, right? So what's fear of the Lord? It's caring so much about what God thinks that you act in ways that please him. It's the opposite of fear of man. And since God is good and perfect and hates evil, if you want to please God, you're going to hate evil too. And wisdom says, that's me. I fear God, so I hate evil. And it says, I hate pride, which is evil in the heart. I hate the way of evil, which is evil actions. And I hate perverted speech, evil in our speech. I hate evil everywhere it shows up because I love God. The two go together. Wisdom lines up with God. And the way I like to think about this is imagine with me that you went over to a friend's house to watch a Packers football game, right? It's the early game in the afternoon. Good news, the Packers win. You're excited. Your friend goes to the bathroom, comes back out now with a Chicago Bears jersey on and sits down to watch the Bears play the late afternoon game and starts cheering for the Bears. Now, you'd be like, what are you doing? Like, if you are a Packers fan, by definition, you cannot cheer for the Bears, right? I mean, that's just how it works. They're like arch rivals. You can't be a Bears fan and a Packers fan. And wisdom says, you can't fear the Lord and love evil. That don't, they don't go together. If you fear the Lord, you hate evil. That's what I'm like, says wisdom. So you can trust me. I've got the character of the one who made all things, who knows what's right and wrong. So you can trust me. You can trust me. I'm a trustworthy God, guide. Wisdom, you can trust. And because of that, wisdom says this in verses 10 and 11, take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold for wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Wisdom saying, look, there's something better than money. There's something better than jewels. There's something better than anything else you can think of. And that's wisdom. Because since I'm in line with God, listening to me is going to work well and living well in this world. It's going to live better than making money the thing you chase or success or popularity. Anything else won't deliver in this world the way wisdom does because wisdom is in line with the one who made the world. Money can't buy you everything, says wisdom. So choose me instead. John Lasseter probably should have heeded this advice. John Lasseter was an explorer in Australia. And in 1930, he set out to find a gold reef. 
that was worth supposedly billions of dollars in gold. And he sets out with this group, and one by one, the group members drop off because they feel like it's a fool's errand. But he goes on alone to chase this gold. In 1931, about a year later, they found him, dead in the desert. His diary revealing that he had found the gold reef. Did it do him any good when he was dead, alone in the desert? No. And wisdom says it's the same thing. There are some things that can't lead you well through life all the way home, and money is one of them. So choose me instead. I'm the trustworthy guide, a guide that you can trust to lead you all the way home. So don't make your decisions based off money. Don't choose to pick a new job just because it only pays more. Don't make that the only thing you're thinking about. Make the primary thing you think about wisdom. What will please God? What will honor God? What if that was your guide in making decisions? Wisdom says, that's better. Pick me as your guide, not these other things. You can trust wisdom to lead you well. The good news is there's a second qualification she throws out because if you had a God you could trust but who really didn't know what they were doing, that would still be pretty useless, right? I mean, imagine Frodo and Sam. Sam is trustworthy, but Sam doesn't know the way into Mordor. That's a problem. But thankfully, we don't need to pick between trustworthy and incompetent versus untrustworthy but competent. Wisdom says, I'm both. I'm trustworthy and I'm competent. You can depend on me. So in verses 12, wisdom says, I dwell with prudence and I find knowledge and discretion. I I know things. I I know the way. I have knowledge. But I also know when to be careful, when to be prudent, when to say, be a little careful here along this part of the road. Gets pretty close to a cliff edge. Slow down here. Watch out for this. It's prudent. And in verse 14, wisdom says, I also have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. Again, this idea of I, I can see the way clearly. I've got insight. I can see the way through things, and I have the strength to help you walk through it. That sounds like a pretty good guide to me. But wisdom, can you you show me any past experiences? Do you have any references I can call to make sure you really have these things? And wisdom says, sure. Verses 15 and 16. Do you see kings reigning and rulers decreeing what is just? Do you see princes and nobles who govern justly? That's me, says wisdom. I'm the voice behind the throne. You see good leaders leading well? That's me. Do you see good managers managing well? That's me, says wisdom. But let me even point you back to a better job I had, my very first job, creation. So in verses 22 to 26, wisdom says this. It says, the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. I was set up ages ago at the first before the beginning of the earth. And goes on to say, before there were any depths, before there were any mountains, I was there. I was there before everything began. So if you want to ask who's got the most experience, who's the most experienced guide, I am. I was there at the beginning. Who else would you want to pick to lead you through life than me, the one who's been there from day one? And not only that, but in verses 27 to 31, wisdom says, not only was I there before it all began, but... When God established the heavens, when he drew a circle in the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the foundations of the deep, when he signed to the sea its limit, verse 30, then I was beside him as a master workman. I wasn't just there. I wasn't just a bystander watching. I was there working. 
When God made the mountains, I was there working with him. When God said to the sea, this far and no farther, I was there working with him. I made it all. I designed it all. So if you want to ask, who can help guide you on the path through life? Wisdom says, I designed the path and built it brick by brick. Who do you think would be a better guide than me to walk that path? I made it. I know every curve, I know every spot where there's a danger because I made it all. That's why I'm such a good guide. I'm competent. And that's why wisdom can say in verse 18, riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. It's these pictures of a life well lived, right? Riches and honor. And wisdom basically says, look, if you live my way, things generally go well with you. If, if you work under my laws, under my rules, things will generally turn out well. You think about the laws of nature, right? Now, imagine that you don't like winter, and so you decide, this year, I'm not going to live as if winter's real. I'm not turning on the heat, and I'm not wearing anything but shorts. Now, you can like that idea, but when it's five degrees out in February, it's not going to work very well, right? It's much, it works better if you work within the laws of nature, right? And wisdom's saying, I have laws about how life works because I built everything. And so generally, it works better if you live within my laws. You can't do very well in basketball if you fouled out of the game. You can't put up more points. You got out. And wisdom's saying the same thing. If you play within the rules, things generally go better. There's a better chance of success. But let's beware here. This isn't absolute Right? Zach talked about this on the very first week in Intro to Proverbs. Proverbs, by definition, are general rules, not absolute rules. There's exceptions, right? Sometimes the wise suffer. You probably all experienced that. And sometimes fools flourish. Sometimes that happens. You can't just go and say, I'll put wisdom in the pot machine and out comes wealth and prosperity every single time. It doesn't work that way. But generally, if you watch your words, you'll have less conflict in relationships, right? If you stay within your means financially, you'll generally do better off financially. There is goodness and blessing in living wisely. It's just not absolute or perfect, but, and, but really, at the end of the day, says wisdom, it's not even about all those blessings. Look at verse 17. I love those who love me. Wisdom's saying, don't, if you're just looking for the benefits and blessings of wisdom, you're going you're to miss it. The point is loving wisdom, not loving its benefits. And you even see that how right in verse 18, when wisdom promises wealth, in verse 19, wisdom says, my fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. Well, wait a minute. I thought, I thought you just said you'd, you'd offer gold. Yeah, yeah, but that's not really the good stuff, says wisdom. I've got something better to offer you than that. Look at verse, continuing verse 20. I walk in the way of righteousness, in the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. Wisdom is saying, I've got something better. It's righteousness, which means right living. I've got a path of right living I can offer to you that's good. And there's an inheritance at the end of the day that awaits you. An inheritance that ultimately we see in scripture is eternal life with God 
in a renewed earth and heaven where there's no sadness and nothing wrong. That's what awaits at the end of the journey. That's the inheritance. That's the fruit of wisdom. But fruit takes time to grow, right? So sometimes you might experience suffering along the way, but wisdom says, I'm competent to lead you all the way home and you can trust me and I'm competent enough to actually get you to the reward at the end. Wisdom is not only trustworthy, but competent to get you home. And so then wisdom wraps up with some closing verses and really wisdom ends right where she began. Wisdom says in verse 32, and now, O sons, listen to me Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise. Do not neglect it. Wisdom saying, look, I I gave you all of my qualifications. I showed you my resume. Now hire me to be the guide. Listen to me. And wisdom expands on what it means to listen. Wisdom says, listening to me means keeping my ways. It means not neglecting what I've taught you. See, listening to wisdom involves obedience. It's not just nodding along to wisdom's speech. It's when wisdom says, don't go off the path here. You don't go off the path there. That's what it means to listen to wisdom. And wisdom says, don't just listen and obey. But back in verse 17, we see those who seek me diligently find me. And in verse 34, we see that same picture. Blessed is the one who listens to me watching daily at my gates. Do you see this picture of diligent searching, daily waiting by the gates, Wisdom is saying, listening to me is not just waiting for Sunday morning to hear from me. Wisdom is daily picking up your Bible and saying, God, I need you to speak to me. I need wisdom. Listening to wisdom is not just being okay when someone comes to you as a Christian brother or sister and says, I think I've seen something off in your life here. I think you're wandering into a dangerous spot. Will you listen to wisdom? Really listening to wisdom diligently is seeking people out and saying, I'm wrestling with with this decision. Will you pray with me? Will you help me search God's word to make sure I'm being wise? That's listening to wisdom diligently. It's active, it's daily, it's searching, searching, it's seeking, it's finding, it's active. Is that you? Does that characterize your listening to God's wisdom? The thing is, this is not a game, says wisdom. In verses 35 and 36, wisdom says, the stakes is this, whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord, but the one who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Wisdom is saying, this is not about whether you get an A or a B in life. It's not about whether you get rich or have enough funds to get by. It's about life and death. And with that inheritance in mind, it's eternal life and eternal death that's on the line. Wisdom is, is not playing around. Wisdom is not saying, you know, I'd be a benefit to you through the, the guy, as a guide in life. Wisdom is saying, you will not make it if you don't hire me. You will not make it home if you don't listen to me. Life and death are at stake here. I'm not playing around. I'm pleading with you. I just told you every reason why you should listen to me because I want you to want to listen. Your life is at stake. And wisdom, wisdom says, listen. You've got to listen. 
And we need to ask here too, well, who really is wisdom that we're listening to? Because wisdom's personified here, but is wisdom just a personification or is wisdom a person? And if we only had Proverbs 8, we wouldn't be able to answer that. But thankfully, we have the whole Bible. So look at John 1, 1 to 3 with me for a quick second. Just listen if you hear some echoes of the themes of Proverbs 8. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. Sound familiar? With God in the beginning, creating all things, life found in him. See, wisdom is not just a personification. Wisdom is a person. It's Jesus. And Jesus is saying, listen to me. I'm the trustworthy guide. You can trust me. 1 Peter 2, 22 brings, brings this out really well, where it says that Jesus, he committed no sin. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. He was perfect. He was trustworthy. But not only was he trustworthy in his character, but he was competent. Because Jesus actually came to earth, right, 2,000 years ago. And he lived a perfect life of wisdom. And then he did what appeared to be the most foolish thing ever. He died for fools like you and me, who only deserve death. He was wise. And yet he foolishly, it seemed, gave up his life to save fools. Because we are all foolish at points. We all don't listen to wisdom and choose to go our own way or listen to other voices and it leads to injury and it would ultimately lead to death except Jesus died instead and was raised again so that Paul can say in 1 Corinthians 1.30 that Jesus now is our wisdom from God, our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He's our savior. He saved us away from folly and it's penalty of death and saved us back to a life of wisdom, real, true life. And he didn't just save us, right? I mean, Jesus says in John chapter five that whoever listens to me and believes him who sent me has eternal life. But the other people pass into death and judgment. It's not just that he saved us, but then Jesus also modeled himself as the great teacher of wisdom. He says, I've saved you back to the path of wisdom. Now let me teach you how to walk along it. And so he says in Matthew 7, that everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. See what Jesus is saying? I saved you from folly and now I'm teaching you what it means to walk my way. So will you listen to wisdom this morning? Will you listen to Jesus? He's calling out. He's saying, listen to me. 
Don't listen to the other guides. Don't listen to pleasure as your guide. Don't listen to money as your guide. Don't listen to success or fame. Don't listen to those things. They won't lead you to life and an inheritance. Listen to me. Your eternal life is at stake. So this morning, will you listen to him? Will you admit that there are times where you have been a fool? Where you have walked the road that leads only to death? And will you say, Jesus, thank you for dying for my folly. Thank you for taking that punishment. Would you help me now to live for you? And if you do, if you trust in him that way, he offers eternal life and inheritance, favor from God, and he'll bring you home. But this call to listen isn't just for those maybe this morning who walked in not thinking of themselves as a follower of Jesus. The call to listen is for all of us because the call to listen is a daily call. So this morning, are you listening to Jesus daily? Or have you just kind of been drifting lately? Maybe you come to church every week, but your life isn't characterized by listening to him daily. You're not in his word unless you're here. You're not being around other Christians who are speaking truth and wisdom into your life. You're just drifting. The thing is, if you drift, you won't be drifting towards God because the currents of this world will pull you away. If you're not listening to God's word daily, then fame, then money, then success at work, then how you're thought of by others will be the things that start to drive you. You need to listen daily, to watch at his gates daily. And you do that because he's, when he speaks through his word and through his people. So are you listening daily to Jesus? We need to choose daily to listen to him so that daily we can live for him so we can make it all the way home. Because remember, blessed is the one who listens to Jesus watching daily at his gates, waiting beside his doors. For whoever finds Jesus finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But whoever fails to find Jesus injures himself. All who hate Jesus love death. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much that you love fools enough to send your own son, wisdom incarnate, to live a perfectly wise life and then to lay down his life for fools like us who only deserve death, who only deserve injury, and yet Jesus took that injury and death upon himself so instead he can offer life to us. And so I pray this morning that every person here would listen to Jesus, would find him, would love him more than other things, want to listen to him more than to listen to other things, want to live in a way that pleases Jesus more than anyone else, because that is the path of life. So would you help us this morning to listen individually, but also as a vine family, that we would be a family that is marked by listening to Jesus. And thank you that not only did you save us from our folly, but you've sent your Holy Spirit to indwell us, to enable us, to strengthen us, to actually walk the path of wisdom. 
And thank you for your grace that picks us up again and again when we fall down or drift off the path. So would you help us to love you, to love your wisdom, to listen, to keep to your ways for our good and your glory. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to enter into a time of the Lord's Supper of communion. And